Hello, friend. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. This is Pastor Pitts Evans. On this podcast, we read and discuss one chapter of God's Word per episode. Let's go now to the Bible and see what the Lord has for us today. Mark chapter 13. As Jesus was leaving the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what massive stones, what a magnificent building. Do you see all of these great buildings, replied Jesus? Not one stone here will be left on another. Everyone will be thrown down. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter, James, John, and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when will these things happen? And what will be the sign that they are all about to be fulfilled? Jesus said to them, Watch out that no one deceives you. Many will come in my name, claiming, I am he, and they will deceive many. When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. Such things must happen. But the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places and famines. These are the beginning of birth pains. You must be on your guard. You will be handed over to the local councils and flogged in the synagogues. On account of me, you will stand before governors and kings as witnesses to them. And the gospel must first be preached to all nations. Whenever you are arrested and brought to trial, do not worry beforehand about what you're going to say. Just say whatever is given to you at that time. For it is not you speaking, but the Holy Spirit. Brother will betray brother to death and a father his own child. Children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. All men will hate you because of me, but he who stands firm to the end will be saved. When you see the abomination that causes desolation, standing where it does not belong, let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let no one on the roof of his house go down or enter the house to take anything out. Let no one in the field go back to get his cloak. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. Pray that this will not take place in winter, because those will be days of distress unequaled from the beginning when God created the world until now and never to be equaled again. If the Lord had not cut short those days, no one would survive. But for the sake of the elect whom he has chosen, he has shortened those days." At that time, if anyone says to you, Look, here is the Messiah, or Look, there he is, do not believe it, for false Christs and false prophets will appear and perform signs and miracles to deceive the elect, so that if it were possible, even they would be deceived. So be on your guard. I have told you everything ahead of time. But in those days, following that distress, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky, and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, men will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. And he will send his angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of the heavens. Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that it is near, right at the door. I tell you the truth, this generation will certainly not pass away until all of these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away.
No one knows about that day or hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard, be alert. You do not know when that time will come. It's like a man going away. He leaves his house and puts his servants in charge, each with his own assigned task, and tells the one at the door to keep watch. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back, whether in the evening or at midnight, or when the rooster crows or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. The passage we've just read is the equivalent of Matthew chapter 24. And so in this conversation that Jesus is having with four of his disciples, he talks about the signs of the second coming and uh, the end of the world, actually. So in verse 1, as Jesus was leaving the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what massive stones, what magnificent buildings. Do you see all of these great buildings, replied Jesus? Not one stone here will be left on another. Everyone will be torn down. And so what precipitates the conversation is Jesus predicting the destruction of the temple. Of course, the temple was destroyed in 70 A.D., and so there was an initial fulfillment of this word some 40 years or one generation after the crucifixion of Jesus. But Jesus went on to discuss with his disciples more details about the time of his second coming, what conditions would be like. So in verse 3, it says Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple. And of course, this is Solomon's temple rebuilt and added on to by Herod. Herod's temple, it's referred to as in the New Testament. And Peter, James, and John, and Andrew asked him privately, tell us when will these things happen and what will be the sign that they're all about to be fulfilled? And so rather than one sign, Jesus starts to talk about uh, the second coming. Now, I just want to stipulate, friends, we as a church believe in the visible bodily return of Jesus Christ to this earth to judge the world and to claim his bride. And so when we're talking about the second coming, I want you to know that the position that I take is there will be a literal second coming of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And so what are the signs of his coming? He talks about deception will run rampant. He says there will be false messiahs. Of course, there have always been false messiahs, but there will be an increase of predictions of this one is the messiah and that one's the the messiah. There will be wars and rumors of war. And he says that when these things happen, we're not to give in to panic or to give in to our fears. He goes on to say that nation will rise against nation or ethnic group will rise against ethnic group and kingdom will rise against kingdom. There will be terrible earthquakes. There will be famines. There'll be persecution of Christians. There'll be riots. All these things must happen before Jesus comes back. And he goes on to say that in verse 10, the gospel must first be preached to all nations before he returns. Now, I want to just drill down on that for a moment. This is kind of universally believed to be a precursor to the coming of the Lord. And that is that the knowledge of the one true God must be spread to every tribe, tongue, and nation on earth before the Messiah, Jesus, comes. And so, friends, we're about the business of the Lord. So I travel to other countries, and I'm at the risk of exposing my own personal missionary activities. I will tell you that I've ministered in India. I've ministered in China. I've ministered in Muslim countries that are supposedly close to the gospel. I minister a good deal in Sierra Leone, West Africa. I've ministered in Madagascar, Liberia, Guinea. And so why do I do that? Because the Bible says the gospel must be preached 
to all nations. The good news about Jesus and salvation that's been extended to mankind must be preached before the end of days and before the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so if you're not supporting a group that is involved in missions, I would encourage you to support those that are taking the Gospels to the end of the earth. It's all well and good to minister from a charismatic perspective to Baptists or from a Baptist perspective to Episcopalians, etc. But that's not preaching the gospel to all nations. It's all within the own camp. The gospel needs to be preached to those who have never heard the good news of Jesus Christ. And to do that, friends, frankly, we have to go places where it's not convenient. Sometimes it's dangerous. Sometimes the conditions are not great. And I'm no great shakes myself as an evangelical preacher going out and doing crusades and so forth, but I do these things because I believe it's a biblical mandate. And our church sponsors these things because they believe that the Lord has called for this to happen. The gospel has to go to the nations. And so if you're not involved with a group that is preaching the gospel to all nations, by all means, find a group that is going and doing the work of the king in this type of evangelism and support them financially and support them with your prayers. And if you feel called to go yourself, get involved and go, because you may have just the gifting that's needed to open up a country uh, that Jesus wants to touch. And there are people out there that may not be saved or come into a relationship with God unless you and I do what we're supposed to do. So we've all got to do our part to see that this gospel is preached. He goes on to say in this chapter that we must live ready for the end of days and the second coming of Christ. And he says in verse 32, But about that day or hour no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. And so in saying these words, Jesus is informing us nobody can set the uh, the calendar for the second coming of Christ. Many people have tried. I had a teacher when I was in Bible school that said, you can predict these things if you want to and write them down, but if you write them down, you better use a pencil because you're going to have to erase whatever dates you set. Why? Because the Bible says nobody knows the date except for the Father, not the Son, that's Jesus, nor the angels in heaven. So how are you and I, friends, going to predict something that the Bible says clearly no one can predict? Jesus goes on to tell us to be on guard, to be alert, because we don't know when the time is coming. He says we must keep watch, because it could happen in the evening or at midnight or at dawn or when you least expect it. And if he comes, suddenly, that we're not to let him find us sleeping. And so I say to you what Jesus says in the Scriptures. We must be on watch. We must be alert, spiritually speaking. We must keep watch for the signs of the times. Again, deception will run rampant. There'll be false messiahs, rumors of war and wars. We're not to give in to panic or fear, but we're to be alert to the signs of the times. Earthquakes, famines, persecution of Christians, riots, ethnic groups rising against ethnic groups, and so forth. And so, most of all, this gospel must be preached before the end of days. And so, Father, I pray that we would be among those found on guard and alert when Jesus comes. Lord, let our hearts be made ready for the coming of the Lord. May we not grow faint or weary in well-doing. May we not panic or give in to our fears when we see persecution and terrible tragedies occurring on the earth. May we be among those that support the work of the gospel being preached to all nations. Some of them listening to this voice now, Lord, on the radio may be those called to go to the nations. May each one answer the call to go. May each one answer the call to pray. May each one answer the call to pay for those who go. 
so that this gospel can be preached and Jesus can come. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.